Philippians 3, verses 4 through 11. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on. On faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may have his sufferings become like him in his death, that by any means possible I may obtain the I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. You heard Paul there say what he really wants more than anything else is to know Jesus. And the power of his resurrection. Jonas Salk was a doctor who developed the polio vaccine back in 1955. And he figured out that you could inject a dead polio vaccine into a healthy person. And the, the, the body would develop an immunity to the live polio vaccine or <laughs> to the live polio disease. And... It would not cause polio in that person. The knowledge of of immunization has greatly increased the health and lifespan of many human beings. I think we'd all agree with that. I remember taking the polio vaccine in these little sugar cubes when I was a little boy. Knowledge can be and has been a physical life saving tool. And the same can be said about knowledge in regard to our spiritual lives. Salvation is all about knowing God. Paul told the Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians 1.8, he said, in fact, he said, those who people who are going to be lost are the ones who don't know Jesus and don't obey the gospel. Paul told the Philippians in 3.10 that all he cared about in life, as we just read, was knowing Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Why is that? Because salvation is about knowing God. So that begs the question, why is God not more visible? Why is God not more evident in our world It was the prophet Isaiah in chapter 45, verse 15, who said, truly, you are a God who hides himself. In other words, he doesn't make himself visible to the world. I mean, you can't say like Philip did to Nathaniel after Philip met Jesus. He said, come and see. He was talking about saying to Nathaniel, come and see Jesus. I just saw him. I just met him. 
We can't do that today. You can't take someone and go take them to God. He's not sitting on a throne in some palace in a particular city, in a particular country on this earth. He's just not there. So if salvation is about knowing God, why would God want to hide himself? Why would he want to be a hidden God? I think one of the reasons God has done this is hinted in in Exodus 33, verse 20. Where God said to Moses, for a man shall not see me and live. So we, we are such frail, fragile and sinful creatures. I mean, we 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 men came from dust. That a physical encounter with the almighty, all powerful, holy God would literally destroy us. But I don't think that's the main reason that God hides himself. I think the main reason is found in the verses that deal with the concept of searching for God. In Deuteronomy 4.29, it says you'll find God if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. Which implies that it's not just a cursory search. God can be found rather easily when you are serious about finding him. When I was a child, hide-and-seek was a very common game that we kids would play. And, you know, every, every once in a while, you could find a hiding place where they couldn't find you, you know. And then they'd call, all the, all the income free, you know. And so everybody who was still hiding would, would come. The game was over. You know, God's not playing hide-and-seek with humanity. Because if he wanted to hide... We wouldn't find him. We would never find him if God wanted to hide. It is possible to find him even though he hides himself, but you have to make a sincere effort to find him. Jesus said, he who seeks finds. So it is possible to find God, and it's not as difficult as one might think because God wants you to find him. I know that sounds strange, but he he hides himself, but he wants you to find him. And what he means is he wants you to search for him. He wants your search to be personal. He wants your search to be intimate. And he's not interested in parading himself before all humanity. Therefore, he has revealed himself in several different ways. Have you ever had a crush on somebody as you were growing up and, and attempted to get to know them better, but they just didn't have the same feelings for you? That happened to me on a monthly basis. It's, it's rather difficult to get to know someone intimately if they don't want you to know them intimately. I mean, you can ask their friends about them and, and you can observe them from a distance. Uh, you can even send a, them a friend request on Facebook. But unless they're willing to reveal themselves to you and hit accept the friend request, it isn't going to happen. If God did not want you to know him personally, you would not know him personally. But God does want you to know him personally. He he doesn't just want to be known. He wants to be known by you. And the best way for him to hide himself is so that you have to make a sincere and concerted effort to find him. So how does God reveal himself? Psalm 19, 1 and 2 reads, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. 
Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. So creation is a way that God reveals himself. It reveals a creator, a designer. Creation makes man think of a higher power. Job 37, verses 6 and 7 reads, God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. He says to the snow, fall on the earth. And to the rain shower, be a mighty downpour. So that everyone he has made may know his Work. He stops all people from their labor. Yeah. And so that, that's very true. I mean, this past winter, we saw how the snow fell on the earth in Boston, Massachusetts, and it stopped everyone from their labor for a while. So creation causes man to think about a power greater than himself, one that he cannot control. So that's one of the ways that God reveals himself. But that's just the beginning. A second more deliberate means by which God has made himself known is through historical events, specifically historical events that occurred through primarily the Jewish nation. You know, when Israel successfully crossed the Red Sea, they paused after after they had crossed and they sang a song, which was a song of praise. But they didn't praise Moses, you know, for, for helping them cross the sea, even though Moses is the one who put up his hand. And that's when, you know, the, the sea was parted. And they walked across. They didn't praise him. They praised God. Because they knew that God parted the sea, not Moses. In Exodus 15, 1, it says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Now, centuries later... When they had been exiled to Babylon, the Jews, Israel realized that again it was God that had exiled them. Nehemiah 1, 7 and 8 says, we have acted very corruptly against you, speaking to God, and have not kept the commandments, the statutes and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are faithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. Nehemiah knew it was God who exiled them because of their sins. One of the greatest historical events, of course, was the incarnation of Jesus Christ. He came to the Jewish people as a Jewish person, lived and ministered to them. And we know exactly when that time period was. It was during the time of Herod and Pontius Pilate. So, So the date and time in history are known. A third way he reveals himself. Is through, is through persons. How would the people of Israel known that it was God who parted the Red Sea and not Moses? How would they have known that? God gave Moses special insight. God specifically communicated with Moses. I mean, he began at the burning bush. It continued at Sinai when Moses went up on the mountain to meet God a couple of different times. These people to whom God gave special knowledge and revelation, of course, were known as prophets. We often think of prophets as, you know, those persons who foretell future events. But, but oftentimes they just simply communicated God's will to the people. And, and, and they weren't shy about it. You know, they would often begin their teaching by saying, hear the word of the Lord. Or thus says the Lord. That 
phrase occurs 836 times in the Old Testament. 306 or 302 are found in Jeremiah, just the, just the prophet Jeremiah alone. He was a busy prophet. An example from the, from the prophet Amos, it says, For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live. So the prophets would tell the people in various situations, you know, God has spoken to me. This is what he told me. This is what he wants you to do. Or, or sometimes he would even act it out. You know, prophets sometimes acted out God's will as well as speaking to them. And so these prophets not only told God's will to the people, but they also foretold the people that God was going to come to them and show them who he is. In person. And that's the fourth way. That he revealed himself. And this was the most significant way. God re- revealed himself in the form of a human being. This made it possible for men to actually see God in a way that would not overwhelm them and to which they could relate. You know, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1.14. Jesus didn't just teach them. You know, he he showed them that's what God wanted. He he showed them who God was. He showed them how to carry out his will in humanity in a form that they could understand he spoke their language. He lived in their culture. There's a huge difference between being told how to do something and being shown how to do something. Anytime I have to make a repair to my car or and it has to be a simple repair, a simple repair to my car or my house or whatever, something. I go to YouTube because there's always somebody who will show you how to do that. They'll show you how to do that. They won't just tell you. They'll show you. They'll show you the parts. They'll show you everything. It's great. And, 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 and I can still get it wrong even after seeing it. But, but that's a help. And, and that's so much more effective than trying to read step number one, two, three, four, five. And if you know, most instructions now, when you have something you have to put together that you buy at the store, they show you pictures along with a few words, which is so much better for me anyway. Since man was unable to go to God, God came to man. God revealed his will, living it in front of those he visited. In other words, God's will became self-evident to those people. What a blessing. Can you imagine living during that time? What a blessing that would have been. The fifth way he revealed himself was through the life of the community. For the Jews, it was the Jewish community and the law. That was not only intended to reveal God to the Jews, of course, but to the rest of the world who lived in and around the Jewish nation. Unfortunately, the Jews kind of fumbled the ball there um, because they didn't understand that their purpose was to show God to the rest of the world. They didn't they didn't understand that. And they not only fumbled the ball, but they lost possession of it, so to speak, when they rejected. God's most personal way of revealing himself to the world. By denying that God had come in the form of a person. One of the most powerful ways God chose to reveal himself and they rejected it. So for us, of course, the community is the Christian church. 
Paul wrote in Ephesians 3.10 through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Through the church and the work of the Holy Spirit, God reveals himself as the gospel is lived and taught among us. In the first century in particular, God imparted his words to the apostles through the Holy Spirit within the Jewish community. And then when the Jewish community, you know, much of the Jewish, many of the Jewish leaders opposed them, it spread from there to other cultures and then to the farthest corners of the world. Miracles were accomplished by God's spirit through these apostles and others on whom they laid their hands so that people could see. Even though Jesus was crucified, people could see that God was not dead, but he was very much alive and in their midst. Today, the Holy Spirit works through you and me. And as we serve others by sharing the message of the gospel and by living by faith in in love, it helps people to see a hidden God. For those of you who have found God, it's, you know, it's, it's your responsibility to help God reveal himself to others. He's chosen to use you to reveal himself to other people. And, and Paul kind of explained this to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5.20. He said, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. So he's chosen to reveal himself through us, through through the community of the church. And and I often wonder why, but but that's the way it is. Our lives can either hide God or reveal God, depending on how we live and what we say. Or our silence. There's one other means that God chooses to reveal himself, and I'm sure you've already figured out what that is. God reveals himself through his word. Most of the means by which we've learned of these ways that, that we've talked about here this morning, is, is through the written word. We have to be careful, though, because the book is not God. It contains statements and activities about God. We often call it the Holy Bible, but the book itself is not holy. There's a lot of horrendous sin that is discussed in the Bible. In fact, uh, some people have said that if you want to read about murder and rape and incest and infidelity and divorce and abandonment, and war and suffering and disease, famine, cannibalism, starvation and death, just read the Bible. Only God is holy. And the book is about a holy God and a sinful humanity and God's plan to rescue man from his sin. Now, we need to remember also that God's word was delivered through men, written down by men, and compiled and translated by men. But we, we do believe, however, that these persons were inspired by the Holy Spirit, but, but they were still men. So the Bible is not only God's word, but is also man's word about God. And that's not to imply that the Bible is not accurate. The Bible is a tool to help us discover a hidden God. To illustrate this, you know, when you when you look through these these windows to the outside world, you see what's out there. I mean, you see trees and cars and and grass and so forth. But your view through that window is going to be a little affected, going to be affected by the dirt and the scratches and the smudges and the fogginess of those windows. 
The Bible is a window to help us focus on a God who reveals himself through it. So our God is and remains a hidden God who has revealed himself in a number of ways so that he is easily found when one truly seeks him. Creation, historical events, persons in the form of prophets, Jesus, the church, and the word. This hidden God has revealed himself in six different ways. In Scripture, depending on your translation, there are a few places where it uses the word know, or in the past tense, knew, to describe a relationship. For example, in the ESV, in Genesis 4.17, it says, Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. So this doesn't mean that Cain just knew about his wife. It means he had a very intimate relationship with her, at least on one occasion. Salvation, as I said in the beginning, is about knowing God. Salvation is about knowing who God is, how he thinks, how he acts, what he desires. It's about having an intimate relationship with God. In Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Jesus spoke about people who didn't have an intimate relationship with God. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, who is uh, who will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then he said, I will declare to them, I never knew you. I Never had an intimate relationship with you. These were people who knew about God, but they didn't really know God. They didn't know who he really was because they were not doing the will of God, as he as he says. They didn't really have a desire to know God. They just wanted to, to use him for their benefit. So since salvation is all about knowing God. It's also about knowing God in such an intimate way that he knows you. Paul expressed it to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 8, 3. If anyone loves God, he is known by God. Meaning, you will have an intimate relationship with God. So, in order to facilitate this, God hides himself in such a way that one must search for him. Only those who really want to find him and know him will succeed. Only those who make an effort to find him and want to have an intimate relationship with him will know him and be known by him. Therefore, God has made it possible to be found and known intimately, even though he hides himself in this world. So the question then becomes, are you seeking God? Do you know God? And more importantly, does he know you today? If you want to be saved, you need to make a serious effort to find him. You need to enter into an intimate relationship with him. Every Christian in this room can tell you how to do that. If you've completed your search and you're ready to form an intimate relationship with him, please, please make it known to us today. And you can do that in a couple of ways. You can come to the front here as we prepare to sing a song. Or you can go to the back. There will be an elder in the front. There will be an elder in the back. And you can go to one of them. Or you can talk to us later. Either way, 
Until you do, you will never really know God. Let's stand and sing.